Welcome to Midlife Mastery. The main words associated with midlife are crisis and spread. So let's challenge the societal narrative and make midlife the opportunity of our lifetime. What if it was actually our invitation to become more intentional, live more purposefully and use our accumulated wisdom to contribute to the world around us? In Midlife Mastery, we'll explore ways to do just that. Hey, Dan Wagner from Midlife Mastery. And uh, today I want to give you a quick update uh, on a couple of amazing news that I'm really blown away by. Number one is that I read this book called The Happiness Curve and I spontaneously reached out to Jonathan Rauch, who has agreed to come on this podcast in just a few weeks. So as I've done more research on Jonathan, I got quite overwhelmed actually by the depth of his knowledge the other books he's written. He's a real eminent, uh, very smart person. So I really hope I can ask him questions that are meaningful to him, not just me and uh, my audience here in Midlife Mastery. But as always, we're exploring uh, ways to come through this midlife slump, this midlife discontentment, and not just use it, but accumulate knowledge. And there are some amazing insights I got from his book already. Just the awareness of that phase can actually help you shorten the phase and have less challenges in in that period of your life. But uh, today I want to speak to you about uh, the longest study ever made on human happiness. And this is a study that started in 1938. And thousands of people uh, literally have been in this study and they try to figure out what makes people happy. So there are some key points from this study. And if you want, you can go uh, to Amazon and look for, uh, it's called The Good Life, a book by the authors Robert Waldinger, MD, and Mark Schultz, PhD. And uh, they put um, this the findings from the world's longest scientific study on happiness, how to create a meaningful and satisfying life into a, a book. And I just want to summarize some of the highlights for you here. So. There is a real misconception about happiness. Most people, when they're asked, would say it's money, career, success, and wealth are the primary contributors to happiness. However, our studies on lottery winners show that the initial happiness boost from a financial gain often fades very quickly. And many people in these situations where these big windfalls end up more miserable than before. So the Harvard study of adult development, which started in 1938, it's one of the longest studies on human development ever. And first of all, it started with uh, interviewing uh, white young males from Harvard. And obviously, that's not really a, a, a representative study. So they very quickly added a second group with people from uh, deprived backgrounds. And they then put these two studies together. And they tried to examine various factors that contributed to their happiness and long health. So um, one of the biggest things to very obvious, but you might think it's obvious. It is, I believe, is physical health and exercise. And in this book, there is some real world studies. And these are meta studies where they put thousands of studies together at times, looking at millions of people, that even just 15 minutes of exercise a day can contribute to years of extra life at the end of your life. So physical health and exercise, maintaining that physical health is very important for mental health and emotional health and or, or cognitive health, as they call it, brain health. The even more important factor, which is really uh, something that is obvious, 
when you hear it, but for most people, they don't rate it that high, is the importance of relationships. And the Harvard study and, men, and much other research indicates that relationships, deep relationships, trust relationships, are pretty much the most vital ingredient for happiness, health, and longevity. Strong social connections, intimate partnerships, they improve survival rates, reduce the risk of heart disease and stroke, and protect cognitive health. That means in old age, you're less likely to be demand if you have a strong trust, trusted relationship. They reckon one of the reasons is that these relationships help to regulate the nervous system. So while people who are alone are more likely to stay in fight and flight response to an event in the outside world and come back home and stay in that state, a relationship can be uh, regulatory. And uh, I experienced that, and maybe you experienced that as well. If you're in a long-term relationship, the, a good long-term relationship, a deep social bond has that kind of regulatory effect on life. Another key point from uh, this book and from this video is that loneliness uh, as the opposite of having uh, deep relationships or meaningful relationships characterized by a subjective feeling of being less connected than desired is detrimental to our health. And they say that it's being feeling loneliness, not being alone. People enjoy being alone, but the definition of being less connected than you actually wish to be is detrimental. And it is similar to smoking half a pack of cigarettes a day or obesity. So there's, it's got a direct link to your happiness and longevity. There is an important part to, to cover, and this is that the age when people feel lonely in the last years has tremendously shifted. You might think there's people in their 60s, 70s, 80s who feel lonely or alone. It started in their early 20s, as early as in the late teens, people starting to feel a disconnect. And this is a alarming trend, to say the least. And there's obviously something we can address and do about it. And there's another aspect of this book and study that we found that in the last 20 years, from 2003 to 2023, the social engagement time with friends, and this is the annual daily average in minutes, annual daily average in minutes, it has decreased from 60 minutes an hour a day to less than 20 minutes a day. And of course, this is a lot due to social media and the way we connect, but it's proven that these interactions are not as conducive to our health. In summary, almost, there's not much more to, to, uh, to this I want to say, but the quality of relationships is very important. And by that, they found that secure, supportive relationships, they uh, maintain sharper memories and overall well-being. Also, regarding work and money, yes, a wealth isn't the most important ingredient, but meaningful work is actively contributing to happiness. The pursuit of achievements and wealth alone does not guarantee a happy life, but for men particularly, it shows that higher incomes and certain satisfaction in life is linked to, uh, are linked. And this is contrary to a, a very much quoted study that above $75,000, there is no link between happiness and uh, income. And this is proven um, to be wrong. In the meantime, they have 
found a moderated view on this to say that it depends who you're comparing yourself with. If you're earning $100,000 a month, uh, sorry, a year, and many people in your circle around you are earning more, then that money compared to the others will make you feel less satisfied and less happy. So there is a um, an aspect of this study that has been misquoted. It's totally okay to aim higher. It's totally okay to aim for meaningful work and have impact in the world. And this might translate to accumulating lots of money. Uh, finally, and this is point eight of my summary from this longest ever running study on happiness, is that there is that cultivating these relationships in the video, they say, is likened to physical fitness. It is something that is regular and ongoing effort. This is not a one-off and now I got relationships. This is maintaining and improving relationships. Let me just look down on my notes if there's anything I still want to mention to you. I think there's just one, one uh, quote I want to read out to you. In one of the biggest studies ever, on 70 independent prospective studies with three and a half million participants, followed for an average of seven years, they revealed a significant effect of social isolation, loneliness, and living alone on the odds of mortality. After accounting for multiple covariates, the increased likelihood of death was 20%, 26% for reported loneliness, 29% for social isolation, and 32% for living alone. So this uh, is shocking and it's something that we see more and more as society fragments and people feel more disconnected and more and more people live alone. I recently uh, watched a report where they say in our cities now, more than two-thirds of people are living in single-person households. Now, there is a cynic in me that says economy the, the powers to be like that, because if we're alone, we're consuming single pack meals and everyone needs their appliances and we stay plugged into our devices much more and we have less social interaction, which we now know is detrimental for our health and happiness. That's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for listening. This was just a very quick, not even a deep dive, a very quick gl glance on the longest study on happiness. I am excited about having Jonathan Rauch come on the next episode very soon. In about 10 days or 12 days, we have our meeting. And hopefully, if it takes place, we're going to have some amazing content to share. So, yeah. Thank you very much. Check out midlifemastery.com. I am working on my midlife audit now. So this is going to be a small test you can take yourself to evaluate your happiness. And as I'm working on this, I'm, I'm getting information from these happiness studies and uh, also from Jonathan uh, Rauch's uh, study on happiness. Uh, he's obviously done a lot of research and a lot of science on that to help you determine where are you, how satisfied are you with your life, and could you do something to increase your subjective feeling of happiness and satisfaction today? Because this is not something that's objective, it's very subjective. So we can make a difference and an impact on how happy we feel. I'm signing off for today and I hope to hear you very soon on this podcast. All the best. Hey, Daniel Wagner here, founder of Medlife Mastery, where we turn crisis into opportunity. 
jump over to my website midlifemastery.com and on there you can do a free midlife audit a couple of questions to help you assess where you're at and where you're heading and you can also book a call with me so we can meet and we can figure out uh, what the best next steps could be for you look forward to seeing you there midlifemastery.com 